All right, per, uh, Perichelic Daf 91, Sanhedrin. All right, so... What is that? Yeah, uh, Tzadi, Tzadi Aleph. On the previous, if you look on the previous daf, daf tzadi, daf tzadi, it starts with the, the Mishnah, the first Mishnah of the Parak. There's a very famous Mishnah. Kol Yisrael Yishlam Chelek Everybody has a Chelek, the Lama Ba. All of Israel has a Chelek. Then immediately after it says, well, and these are the people that don't have a Chelek. I mean, everybody has a portion in the world to come. Ah, oh, it feels so good. Then they go, well, but not everybody has a portion in the world to come. Mm-hmm. And they go into who doesn't have a portion. It says... Um, there are three main things which are pretty pretty central to Jewish belief, and this is often this is an often quoted source. I'm just going back here just to get a little framing. Um, it says, "Someone who says there's no tchiyadami." T- oh yeah, so I'm on page tzadi on the bottom where the Mishnah is. Mm-hmm. I'm on the th- second line. Its first line says, Everyone has a chelik in the old, in the in the future world, heaven or some some. Uh, Future state. Then it says these are. Uh, then these are people who don't have a chelik. Those who say there's not Those who say ain't tchiyadim etim in the Torah. Someone who says there's no such thing as tchiyadim etim from the Torah. That's one. Number two. Someone who says there's no Torah in the shemaim. So it's number one is reward and punishment. Number two is the uh, divinity of the Torah. And number three is the apikoros. Apikoros. Yeah, it's here. I'm good. There you go. Uh, number three is Apikoros. It's somebody who says so. It's there are different explanations for that, but one of them is that that they uh, that they don't respect the Chachamim, which basically is the oral tradition. So you have here like three big tenets of Jewish faith. Number one, reward and punishment. Number two, divinity of the Torah. Number three is the importance of the oral tradition. So that's just important to know that that source. This chapter is going to go through this mission, and the majority of the chapter goes through like until the Kufchet or. or Kuf, Kuf Zayin and Mubek goes, it's focused on this Mishnah and you have uh, a few other Mishnayot that deal with people who don't have a place in the world to come that's kind of uh, that's kind of the framing for the, for the chapter and then there's a lot of really interesting discussions on like what happens in the future world what's going to happen with Tchadamay team uh, do people, people um, if they were injured when they died do they, when, do they arise with their injury or do they arise uh, in their complete, ma- in complete state um, so if they go in, if they go, uh, if they go in shrouds, do they come out in shrouds or come out naked? Like what, there's discussions about that stuff. That's what we're going to talk about today. So this daf here, the main focus is people are trying to. This is daf tzadi aleph. They're trying to. They're trying to figure out how to prove that there's tchadami team from the Torah. How to prove that tchadami team is 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 a real thing, and. Because oftentimes you find that, I remember I gave a class on Esav trying to figure out um, what he did wrong. Esav, some people, and it's not so clear from the Torah that he was completely bad. And so I was looking in this book and, it's, and it brought all these, um, I was looking at a, a book about all the Agarotah and Esav. And it's the big, it has the most Agarotah, more than Paro, more than anybody. But Paro is like, and Haman are like huge villains. Oftentimes you don't know and you're, you're not clear about something, you write a lot and you talk a lot about it. So I feel like it's not so clear. A Tchadami team is not so clear from the Torah. There's not. There's no scriptural, clear scriptural proofs. That's why there's all this like dialogue here and discussion about trying to figure out how to prove it. So they go, they do it scientifically, textually, philosophically, and logically. So that's kind of the directions we're going to go on this daf. So that's kind of the focus of the daf. So.
Any questions? Or? <laughs> All right, cool. I tried to come in through the main hall. You know, I beeped and it wasn't open. So the main, oh, okay, see so yeah. we'll it. We're going to figure it out. Okay. Yeah, it's the first day, yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully we'll get coffee in here if this is a, a thing. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good. I do, preferably. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rabbi Yogi, by the way. I met almost everybody. Maybe we haven't met. But I'm Michael Stein. I'm Michael Stein. 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 Good. Um, so, yes. Let's just say hello. That's Andrew Wahlberg. Everyone should introduce himself. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? No. You could take us. Okay, I'm yeah. Andrew Wahlberg. Ed, Ed Schlesinger. Michael Stein. Ron Gartenhaus. Ron Swearing. Robert Tishman. And Eli Yogi, Rabbi Yogi. Alright, cool. Now let's go back. <laughs> I try to remember that. Did you guys do that suburban it's with the, the sixty people? <laughs> um, so okay, so we'll we'll jump in. So we're gonna start on the bottom of Tzadi Amubet. Some we have um, so we're gonna start on the bottom of Tzadi Amubet. Um, four lines up, two words in from the end. Shala Cleopatra. Yeah? Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. So it's not clear there's characters in this in this Gemara, we have Antoninus and Cleopatra. Um, it's not clear which ones they are and who they are. Steins also goes into that, if you're interested. Um, but it says, shall, uh, so, yeah, so this, this, there's really, this Gemara splits into five, five parts. This first part is just kind of trying to figure out how to prove Tchadam team. How do I work through this in my mind? And they're, they're, so we're going to get through that, go through that now. Cleopatra, Machata, uh, sh- um, Cleopatra asked Rabbi Meir, "Amra Yadana dechai shachve dichtive titumi ir keesav aaretz elakshen omdim omdim arumim obluushen omdim." So she goes, "I know that the dead will arise." So that's already something, you know. She's that's clear to her. That's not such a clear thing, but she's asking a question with regards to this. She goes, "Kshehen omdim omdim arumim obluushen." Are they when they get up from the dead? Are they going to be uh, clothed? or Are they going to be naked? It's a, a question. Um, so he a, so he answers. Um, Rabbi Meir answers her. Kavachomer mechita. It's a kavachomer from from wheat, from from wheat kernel. Machita shenikbara aruma yotza bekama levushin. So just as wheat, when it when it's uh, planted, it it goes in without its chaff. It come and it comes out later on. I guess adorned with uh, it grow yeah something. Okay. I don't know the the agricultural uh, elements here, but it comes out um, clothed, I guess, with with a, more shaft. Comes out sheath. What the sheath or whatever? Yeah, is wrapped around it. Or yeah, yeah, it goes in naked and it comes out clothed. So he says, "Alachakam as he tzadikim sunik barim belubushen alachakam vakama." So tzadikim that they go into the ground with shrouds on, even the more so that they'll come out clothed. Um, and yeah. why why would we draw an analogy to wheat? Yeah, that's a good question. I have to think about it. What, what's the connection between wheat and sadikim? I don't know. Well, Hasidim always make that, right? With, I mean, it, I don't know if it's related, but that's how they think of wheat. They use that to represent a man. You know the whole story with the harbin. When you plant it, yeah. you think, when, you know, you, you yeah. just wiped it out, and then you come back and it's grew. Yeah. So they talk about that with people that you know they when they, when they were when they're dead but then they should also be they should come mm-hmm. back grown so 
and you plant it in the ground, and you think, oh my God, that's it, it's the end of the story, and then you see a wheat kernel. Yeah. I mean, it's a chassidish thought, and I'm sure yeah. it, it's much more recent than this, but I mean, that's yeah. one example well, it could of... Could took it from this. Yeah. So. I'm just so, wondering that... You know, yeah, I don't know, it's um, it, it's also the Kavachomer is kind of interesting. It's like... Yeah, what is the so, uh, wheat goes into the ground naked and it comes out clothed. Sadikim go in, something else goes in clothed, so it, even the more so should have come out clothed. I don't know. And I, I, so I saw, so this, this is nice, uh, this is a nice Masifta. You've seen this before. They bring a lot of different commentaries here. So he, he says that she wanted to kind of like say that, uh, say, she wanted to say that Sadikim were going to come out unclothed and he wanted to, Ray Mayer wanted to kind of, um, uh, uphold the, the respect for the tzaddikim and say they're gonna they're, they're, for sure they're gonna come out naked they're gonna come out clothed he wanted to make sure that people knew that so that's that's one so from this we know that Rabbi, Rabbi Meir must have traveled at some point in his life to Alexandria or there's a great learning center right yeah, yeah. If it's yeah. Not, seriously I'm, I'm just just gonna tell you we will never yeah. get through the dock yeah, yeah. Right. I mean yeah you're right we haven't we haven't even started the dock fast moving is right yeah is right okay let's keep going <laughs> all right. Um, so he says, so Kesar, which was a uh, a ruler, said to Rabban Gamliel, um, "You say that the dead will come to life, um, but but these dead are afar. These dead are dust, and dust does not come back to life. Dust is something dead. So." His daughter, the Kesar's daughter, said, "Amrale Barte." His daughter said, "Let um, to Rabbi um, to Rabban Gamliel, step back. I'll take care of this. I'll take care of my father." She goes, I'll answer him." She goes, "Shnei Yotzerim Yesh There are two two um, crafters in our town. Echad One crafts from the water, and one crafts from the uh, the dirt or from the um, from clay. Who, someone who, who crafts something from water or someone who crafts something from, from clay, what's more, uh, what's more, what's more, uh, what's better? So he says, a, a better, better craftsmanship is someone who does something from water. It's, it's more, it's more creative. Um, they answered, so he answered, that the, his, her father answered, this is someone who creates from water. So then he goes, so same thing with God. God created humans. How can humans be created from, uh, Sarashi says, from mime, which is a tipa, which is a drop, drop of semen. So humans are created from, from a uh, uh, liquidy substance. So if God can do that or be involved with that process, even more so, God can create humans from, from clay, which is the ground. So they're trying to work this out intellectually, how to figure out intellectual proofs or some sort of ways to logically process Tchadim 18. We're going to see a few more here. Um, so he brings another one. So this one, I admit, I didn't completely understand. Um, Rabbi Ishmael, so, he, so Rabbi Ishmael brings another logical way to understand it, another process to understand how God could do this. He says, it's a kavachor from, from glass. Just like glass, so just like glass, when, you, when a glass blower creates glass, he blows Human air, human breath into the glass to to create it, and if that breaks, you can you can mend it. So too humans that God breathed uh, God's uh, breath into humans. So too, if they they die, God can put them back together too. I just don't understand the connection between the breathing and the putting together. Glass, 
when you when you breathe, so that's the, breathing is the creation. But the, the, God doesn't. I guess you can by breathing glass back together. I guess you can put it back together through breathing. So the same thing, God could put humans back together through breathing. I guess. I guess that's. A, I don't know. Okay. Um, here's so, so that's another way to try to under trying to process this idea. Does Rashi say something about it? Yeah. Vezoi chashuvah yishvah. Yeah, so God, just like uh, a, a glass, a glass blower bl- blows life into the glass, and it's able to bring it, maybe to create it, and also bring it back. You know, put the pieces back together, maybe blow it. I, I don't you melt know. the pieces, you put it back to a solid, and then you blow, and then it becomes. I guess Another object. I suppose if you blow it afterwards, you melt, bring it back together. So I guess God could do God would do that with human beings also. That's another way to try to understand it. Maybe it's referring to blowing with uh, with a blowtorch. Yeah, yeah, that was the with the yeah. Um, all right, here's if you another. You do that, you could you could mend it. Yeah, so I just don't know. Uh, glass blowers, do they they mend glass with sure. with breath sure. too? Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. So I guess that's the idea that God could do it with God's breath. Some so some people say the first stage is talking about God creating from clay, and this next view is talking about God blowing. One is the physical, and one's the spiritual. So there's two different sides to that. Um, so now here's another one. There's right now we're in the middle of these logical discussions here. Or these at least trying to work through it in our minds. Um, here's a third one. We talked about the, the clay. We talked about the glass. Now we're going to talk about um, something else. It's the same question. Um, you say that the dead are going to come to life, but the dead are dust, and dust can't be... Dust is something inanimate. It's not something alive. Um, I'll bring you a... a, a, bring you a an, take this analogy. Build me a, a palace. He, say, he says to his servants, Build me a palace. Build me a palace so there's no water and there's no dirt. Um, they built him. Afterwards it fell down. So he says, Now go build in a place that there is dust and there is water after it fell down. They go, we can't do that. And he got angry with them. He goes, in a place where there wasn't water or, d- or, d- or dirt or dust, you built. Now that there is water and dust, you can, um, you, even the more so that you could build. So I think it's the same idea that, that just as God was created something from nothing. Exactly. So Rashi brings right, that. Right. God, so Rashi brings two options. He says, um, he says that inami kololam tohu, just like or he says there was a stage in humans were not around when humans um, God creates something from nothing. It could be that God created humans from a, 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 a drop of semen or creates or created the whole world from nothing. If God can do that, God can um, create. God can resuscitate the dead. So I think this is a little bit different argument. It's just, it's just talking about God's power, less about God's. God, how God works in the world, creating like from dust. This is more like God can do everything, and, and so I mean, some people have trouble. Uh, like there are different um, denominations have removed Mechayim Etim. Some of them have removed it from the Sidor, and some people are uh, obviously Orthodoxy hasn't done that. But there are some rabbis say you're uncomfortable with it for the same reason. I'm, I appreciate it because it shows that God can do everything. So, I don't there's know. a there's a, I think it's Rambam, and I I'll try not to take time, but. 
Rambamu said, if we lived in a world in which there were two things that happened, babies were born from nothing, and people came back from the dead all the time, we would, in that world, clearly identify the birth of babies as the more miraculous event. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because mm. the people coming yeah, back so, so, were so, already so, here, so they came back again. It's in the Marine of Bukhim, right? Yeah. yeah. It says, so we live in the world in which we have the more miraculous that takes place all the time, so we end up focusing on the less miraculous and whether it will take place. It's true. It's true. That's good. Yeah. So that that's so this is a little bit of a different argument. It's an argument from God's power. God, God can do everything. God can create something from nothing. So so too God can resuscitate the dead. The Iyatama means. So you now now he's going. Now here's a scientific, a scientific approach. Uh, with all deference to Andrew, because I know it's time consuming. But Fritz Rothschild, who used to teach at the seminary, is a very storied um, leader at the JTS many many years ago. I used to always argue with him in a class when I was at NYU, because he taught a class. I used to talk about the powers of God, and he used to be dismissive. And he would say, and he wasn't a very irreverent individual, but I used to talk about this, the power of God, that he can do anything, essentially. Yeah. He said that's an ancient biblical argument. That's the phraseology that certain, that you're alluding to, that they refer to this as, that's an ancient biblical argument that God can do anything. You know, that, as to, yeah. how do you explain this? How do you explain <coughs> that? Well, it's a philosophical so, you know, argument, yeah. Yeah, so here's a, here's a quasi-scientific one, um, which uh, Steinzolt talks about it, wherever, whoever has the Steinzolts. Uh, he talks about scientific discussions in the Talmud on the side there. He says, you know, uh, the rabbis are dealing with the science of their days. So here's, here's the science of their days. Um, this could be talking about spontaneous uh, generation here. It could be talking about So, yeah, so it says here, this is the, this is the fourth one, the fourth logical arg- uh, discussion. V'inya tama means selavika go to the valley there's this animal it's not necessarily a mouse it's a rodent there's, an, there's a rodent that's half clay or half adama uh, half earth and half flesh tomorrow it becomes it, it transforms to become completely basar so from here we see that there is such a thing as something being moving from 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 earth to being flesh so so too God can make something move, transition from earth to flesh um, it says here uh, so, so you might say that this takes a long time and therefore for, uh, for humans also it will take a long time for them to be uh, this takes a while for this to happen so therefore for humans too it will take a long time for them to be uh, so maybe it'll say that God won't resuscitate the dead right now because this takes a long time for God to resuscitate for this animal to transition. Um, so, so the answer to that is Alelahar or Eshayom Embo Elechilazon Echad. So go to this hill, go to this mountain, and you'll see that this chilazon, this snail that they used to make the the. Uh, the, what's it called? The tchelit with that only there's only one, and tomorrow all, uh, rain falls, and immediately there's there's like uh, it's full of of these chelzonot. So you see here that God can do all these things. God can make something transition from earth to to flesh. God can make something transition really quickly from being small to being large. And I think it's maybe it's a continuation of that same idea that God is all powerful. This is kind of like the the kind of philosophical way to, to, to process the Academy team. Um, we're going to see 
other approaches. We're going to see textual and also um, we're going to see textual and also different questions that they're going to raise later on. That's kind of like the first part of our Gemara. Um, yeah. So, if there are any reflections or thoughts. Okay, so here we are. Um, okay, so here are okay. So, so this that that last piece was the it was a mean. There was a heretic who said to this individual called Gavia Ben Psisa. Anybody heard of him before? Yeah. So there's this individual called Gavia Ben Psisa, and he was a he was a gaban. He was a, um, a hunchback, mm-hmm. and he was apparently a pretty smart guy. So he answered that last question with the animal. You know the scientific data there and now he is going to um, he's going to step in here from from the middle of the dot from three three um, we're four lines down Tanarabanan all the way till four lines up from the bottom it's going to be three discussions with him um, where he basically steps in and solves these problems <coughs> so it's not necessarily connected to team but the the connection is that it's dealing with the same individual who answered something about team beforehand so he says like this so these usurpers were expelled. Um, these, so this is a day that people used to celebrate, this 24th of Nisan, because for this reason, these individuals were expelled from, from Judah and Jerusalem. And what's the story? There was these Bnei Afrikaya, um, these, these, these people, these Africans, um, I'm not sure if it's there. These he says Phoenicians in the Steinsaltz. So there's, there's these individuals who claim to be a, con- a continuation of Canaan, um, the biblical Canaan, son of Ham, mm-hmm. and they wanted to say they wanted they came to is they came to Jerusalem and said we we want to we have we have a claim to the land. It, here it says Girgashites. Okay. Okay, worth. good. Is that the is art scroll? Art scroll. Cool. Um, so he came, they, they came before Alexand- Alexandrus Mokdon. Um, Amrulo, Eretz Canaan Shalano. So you go, is, you Jews are living in, in Yehuda and Yerushalayim. You say the land is yours. No, the land is ours. What's their source for that? Eretz Canaan Shalano. Dichtiv, Eretz Canaan Lekvotea. Avun. So Eretz, uh, our Canaan is our father, and, and the land of Canaan was given to Canaan. Dineo in Shehaba. So, Gvia Ben Psisa wanted to offer, uh, he says, give me a chance. Let me, let me try this. Let me try to answer this guy. And if I do well, then you can celebrate that the Torah won. And if I do bad, you say, just, you know, some schmo didn't, you know, didn't know how to answer the question right. Because he kind of like, he, his appearance, he didn't look like a serious scholar. So, that's what he says here. Each time he's going to say it. Amar lehu Gvia Ben Psisa lechachamin. Tenu the Rashut, let me try it out. So if if they if they beat me, let's say hey, you just you, you beat one of our scrubs. If I win, So the Torah of Moshe won. So let's see what he brings here to try to uh, as his as to make the Torah win. So where do you bring your pre He goes to the Canaan, these the Phoenicians, Canaanites, or Gergesites. Um, where do you bring your Where do you bring your proof from? 
Yeah, they said, Vayomer, Aurora Kanan, you brought it from the Torah. You brought, Elamina Torah, your proof is from the Torah. Well, I'll bring, I'll bring you a proof from the Torah. Canaan is supposed to be a slave to his brothers. Okay, so you're basically, we're, we're the continuation of Shem. So you're basically, your people are kind of our slaves. So a slave is the, is the possession, slave and their possessions are the possession of the owner. That's what he's going to argue. Evid Shekanan an Evid that purchased all these, has all this property. Let's say even if this land was yours. Well, in the end, it's ours because everything that belongs to an Evid belongs to the, to their, yeah, the owner, to their Lord, to their, um, whatever master. the word is. Master, thank you. And, and another thing, you know, you've been, you're really supposed to be, if you guys are supposed to be our slaves, you, you, you owe us for many years that you didn't work for us. So, lo avadtunu. Amalum Alexandros Malka Ixirulo Chuva. He said to them, Well, he's a pretty good argument, so give him an answer. You know, try to answer him back. Um, tonight, they go, Well, you know, that was a good one, so give us a few days to think it through. Give us three days. So, Natalem Zman, he gave him, gave him some time. They didn't find an answer. Miyad Barchu Vinichu Immediately they ran away from Canaan, from Israel. And they Nichu Serotan. They left all their fields that were Zruot, Vicharmanch, and Nituot, their lands that were sown and their their vineyards that were that were planted. And and this year and so Israel got all their property, I guess the payback for the time they should have worked for them or something, and Votashana Shvidhaita. And that year was Shemitah. So the question is, what's the connection between that and this? I don't know. Some people say that it was the Shemitah year, so Israel wasn't really tilling the land, so they didn't, they didn't always have uh, produce at hand, so this helped them. It was a miraculous thing that they got all this extra produce that they were tilling throughout that year. It also year. could have been an opportunity for, for, for the, whoever these guys are to make the case that this is not Israel's land. Look, they're not even tilling it, uh-huh. but they can use the Shemitah against to say clearly these people have they should have maybe they've, 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 they've given up that's the land. good they should have done that they didn't, uh, that's interesting you're saying it's kind of critique, subtle critique of them that they didn't use this argument well no but also that that might have been why it turned out that it, it was not um, uh, by accident that it was Shemitah it would have been the right time for somebody else to come along and say hey you don't own this because yeah. you're yeah. not even tilling the land yeah you're they should have maybe said that they should have said that yeah. Yeah. again here which I think they're trying to make it fit, said the fact that it, it turned out to be good for the Jews because they didn't have food, and so anybody could take the food. So once they abandoned it, they were able to, to take, take the food when they didn't have any. But yeah. I think that's a... Yeah. Well, that was the proof. It was Hefker. It had right. no owner. Right. Prior owner. So yeah. clearly, it's all, whoever yeah. owned it, right. it's ours now. Uh, right. Yeah. Actually, if... if, if, if um, my father was here, Lava Shalom. He would say something like that. He would say, "This would be uh, actually teaching us dinim of shemitah." So here's an example of when you're allowed to take the produce of the land. So these people actually it tells you a lot. It tells you these non-Jews planted the land, they abandoned it, and the Jews are allowed to take it. Mm-hmm. So actually, we we can probably, if we thought about mm-hmm. it a little bit more we would learn a lot of the dinim of Shemitah here and what, what produce you are allowed to take and what you're not allowed to take. Yes, yeah, so I just want to point out, this whole parak 
it's a, you can it's good to try to also try to find the dinim, but in general, so there's a lot of agadah ties on point there, and there is like there is a little discussion at Irani Dachat, like two pages or so. But in general, it's, it's like another random point, but yeah. just so you know the where we are. But Yeah, so we're gonna see sim- this is similar structure. It's gonna happen again. Shuv Pam. So we're now um, we're on the second story here with the same um, same same individual Gevia Bem Sisa. He's gonna have three of these stories with a similar Shvit, the same thing. Shuv Mitzrayim. Now Mitzrayim came, yeah. And Laduni Mitzrayim lifnei Alexandrus Mokdon. Amrulo Horehu Omer Vashena Tanechema Am Bnei Mitzrayim biAshilum. So it says Am Yisrael when they left Mitzrayim they they borrowed uh, vessels from from the Egyptians and uh, they borrowed that for not so short of a time forever basically <laughs> so so they go well, look it's time it's pay payback time you know give us our give us our money back you just you just asked to borrow from us in the end you you, you took it Amar Gvia Bemsisa so. So that was their argument. Agviapsinsisa wanted to step in and try to uh, try to save the day again. And same thing he says. Uh, if they beat me, just tell them one of our uh, laymen. Be, uh, be, uh, you beat one of our men. It's not a big big uh, success. So I just also like it's good that he's pointing out the Torah, not that he won, because he's going to keep bringing, trying to bring proofs from the Torah to try to, to, to beat them. So after a while, when he keeps winning these things, I, I suppose people don't think he's a, he's like a scrub anymore. You know? <laughs> um, but these are different people. It's the Mitzrayim, that's Canaan. So I don't know. Afterwards, well, it's gonna not be the same king. Yeah. So, so but he says, yeah. Yeah. So, and sure, maybe the word got out. I mean, I don't know. So Amalan, Mehechana Temi Vein Raya. So he goes, where are you bringing the proof from? Amalan, in the Torah. We bring it from the Torah. Amalan, Ani Lo Avila Chemraya Elimina. Like I said before, Shneimar, Umoshav Bnei Yisrael Sheyashuv Mitzrayim Shloshim Shana Varbamot Shana. Goes, Ami Yisrael sat in Mitzrayim for four hundred and thirty years. Is that true? Yeah. Well, no. No. Two no. seventy. Yeah, this thing is too ten. Yeah, too ten. But the promise to up, but it was four hundred thirty years from the Brit Benamitarian exactly until they left. Okay, exactly. So it's so so the commentators ask like, why are they bringing up four hundred? Uh, why are they bringing up this number four hundred and thirty years? He says, he's here's his proof. Am Yisrael sat in Mitzrayim for four hundred thirty four hundred and thirty years. Shishibat Mitzrayim Shoshim Shana Varbama Ot Shana. Give so. Where this is due to us, all this money. Okay, we'll, we'll overlook the fact that how they they, they they took it, how they received the money. But they go, this is this this is our due this is our due fee. We served you for four hundred thirty years, six hundred thousand people. This is this is the least you could do to pay us back for the work we did. So the commentators ask, like, why are they why are they quoting the four hundred thirty and not the two hundred and ten? So I saw one explanation, like pretty creative, that there is a, in the midrash it says that they the harder hardest work happened. Um, for 86 years, and uh, if you multiply 86, and, and it says only a fifth came out of, of out of Egypt. So if you multiply 86 by five, it comes out to 430. 
That's like an interesting. Work ears, it's like man, smoking. work ears, it's like smoking. Right, right, right. Yeah, that, that, that's one way to explain. It. That's pretty interesting. I don't know. So otherwise, it's kind of difficult. Say two hundred to ten. Say that I don't know. I don't know why. I, maybe they're just trying to exaggerate. I don't know. Sometimes you do that in in well, you know, for argument's sake. Yeah. That's how you yeah, exactly. In negotiations, it's, like a Trump style thing, like yeah, but in the, Torah, in the Torah, it says uh, no. But they're arguing on the basis of the Torah, and the Torah says uh, God says yeah, to Abraham, they don't know. You're going to be there 400 years. Yeah. So, so, he, I mean, I if we're arguing in the context of the Torah, textually, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Textually, yeah. Textually, yeah. Then, then okay, four hundred years. Right, yeah. right, right. So Alexander Smokedown. So he goes, okay, that again, that was a great one. Give him an answer. Mm-hmm. I'm more than. Uh, give us a little bit of time, three days. You know, give us a little bit of time. It couldn't find an answer for three days. They left their the same thing, left their 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 fields, uh, and it was Shvi'id again. So that's the same thing comes up again. Um, so now here's another story of Bnei Ishmael. So we talked we talked about Canaan, Mitzrayim, and now Ishmael. Yeah, I. I if you have a, th- you have a th- okay. So now, 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 it, now it's just, um, now it's within, it's within Abraham's descendants. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna see. So and Bnei Torah actually. So this Bnei Torah is kind of interesting because so, they don't answer Bnei Torah. They just answer Bnei Shmuel. Yeah. My only problem was I think there's three of these, which would be 21 years unless they're all the same year. Alexander died in his 30s or late uh, 30s or something. I wonder if like this, that, is, this could all happen at the same time, maybe. The same sh- well, Shemitah. Didn't Alexander well, explain how he died at a very young age? I don't think right. I think we, had, we have to move right there. We're okay, a little bit behind. So you can look it up as Casey Stengel said. That would explain, though, like if this was old. all one year or okay. two Shemitah I think it's happened the same Shemitah, probably. That would explain how... It could be, uh, first of all, it could be 14 how, years. What's okay. his name? The, the, right, the, 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 the rabbi keeps answering let's keep, isn't, let's keep moving. isn't so famous yet. So here's the same thing happens with Bnei Ishmael. Yeah, exactly. Bnei, it's, uh, yeah, Ben Pesisa. Bnei Ishmael, Bnei Ketura. Same thing happened. They came, Laduni Mister Elif, Ne Alexandros, Mokdon, Amrulo. So Eretz Kanan, okay, it's not just ours. Right. We can share it, right? I'll tell you why it's, it belongs to both of us. Because we're both children of, of Abraham. So Abraham gave all this all of his property to his sons. So he gave you and us. So he goes, Shalom Ishmael ben Avraham, ben Avraham. We're all the Todot. Amar lahem, give me a chance. Okay. So everything he gave to Isaac and to the Bnei Pilakshim, he gave them presents. So from here we learn that the main thrust of what he gave to his children was given to Isaac. Um, so he goes, so a father who's, who, who who bequeaths property to his children and he lists who gets what. So the 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 child who gets less, he doesn't have really have an argument versus the one who gets more. That's kind of what they're saying here. Now here's an interesting piece here. So basically, that, that's the answer from from the Torah here. And here's an interesting question here: Is what are these presents that uh, that this might interest you? I know. What are these presents that Abraham gave to his, to his other children? Is this gave Isaac everything? He gave his children. Uh, he gave them presents. It says, "Amar Rabbi Yirmiyah Bar Arba Shem Tuma." He gave them these magical names 
magical powers. And some people say that Bnei Ketorah, they went to the east. And I, I heard this on, when I was in first Dechuva and I went to Eshatara and they told us this, they thought it was like an interesting thing in, the, in their program. Uh, that maybe so, like someone asked the rabbi there, how do, how do are there all these great spirits, great spirituality in the east? Wait, we, I mean, we have great things, but they have great things too. So obviously that's from the Torah. That, that's a Jewish thing. Abraham sent his children away to the east with all these presents and these presents were magical powers. And so those magical powers that they have, they're Jewish. Or they, they at least stem from a Jewish source. Didn't Abraham get Sefer Yitzira or the coin? Yeah, yeah. So that's so. The, that's the idea. So yeah. he. So, so the problem is, it says here Kishuf, which is is it's uh, Shem Tuma, which is something negative. But some people interpret that as gave them magical powers. And if God gave them magical powers, send them to the east. So there's a lot of magic, a lot of um, spirituality there. So he wanted, that rabbi wanted to connect that to there. Um, okay, so. Good. So that was the second part. So the first part was working through it philosophically. The second part is dealing with those three different back and forths. And now we're going to have. Um, now we're going to go, we're going back to these are going to be questions that Antoninus asked Rebbe. It's like different questions um, that. So this individual you have a discussion there of Antoninus. That, that he is. might be Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. So does that help anybody? Well, Cleopatra. Yeah. The time frame. Is yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so, but there's discussing that it might not be there. A few of them, right? Yeah, it's yeah. A, I mean, they're trying to figure it out. I mean, many scholars have attempted to determine the identity of this, uh, who was close to Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. One of the primary difficulties is that there were several Roman emperors during that period who bore the name Antonius. Um, several instances where uh, Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya, the grandson of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, is simply called Rabbi as was his grandfather. Based on the chronology and the probability of these encounters taking place in Israel, it's likely that the Antonius in question was Marcus Aurelius. It is possible that he encountered Rabbi Yehuda Nasi in, in Israel before his appointment as emperor. Yeah, so here we're going, yeah, so here we're going to go into um, discussions about afterlife and, and stuff connected to that. So that's kind of the connection to the sugya. So the first question is actually a kind of interesting I, th I think it's somewhat interesting. It's discussing a lot in philosophy. There's a lot of discussion between the, the body-soul connection and um, like if if there's something that unites them or are they separate beings? Are they, so he's going to get into that here. He says like this: Amar le Antoninus the Rabbi Gufaneshamai Gufaneshamai. If someone sinned and they they they're, they're willing, they're deserving of punishment. Each the the body and the soul can each argue separately that they're they're not culpable. He says like this. They can, they, they can say they're not culpable. Uh, the, the neshama sinned. Um, so the I without the soul, I'm nothing. So well, you can't blame me. I'm just like a rock in you know, I'm just like a rock in, in the grave. So the neshama says, the body sinned. Because when I left it. I'm just flying around, I'm enjoying myself in the sky, and uh, I'm fine. I'm not sinning. I'm not doing anything wrong. So that was the question. So which one? Which one's culpable? So the answer, Rabbi, uh, uh, Rabbi, the Rabbi's answering. I'll give you an analogy. This is kind of a creative answer. He had, a, he had an orchard. We're on the next page. Naot. Voshivbo Shnei Shomrim. He had these good produce, and he placed two guards in, over the produce. One um, 
one couldn't walk, one was um, lame. lame, yeah, thanks. One was lame, and the other one was blind. Um, so, w- the, the lame one, uh, Chiger... Like, like the White House. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so the... the so the one with the uh, the chiger, the lame one, said to the suma, to the blind one, "Bakura no anywhere ever pardes." So how do we? So we have to we have to cooperate here. I can't see and you can't walk. So let's put our powers together. I'll get on your back. The blind person will get on the uh, sorry the opposite. The the uh, the lame person will get on the blind person's back. He'll guide him where to go, and they'll be able to eat the food, eat the produce. So Rachav chiger al gabesuma. So the the one who couldn't walk went on the back of the blind one. They viyum They ate they ate the produce. Babal pardes. The the owner of the orchard came. Amalen bakurot naot echanen. Where's all where's all my food? What's going on here? Hen hen amarlo chiger klum yeshli raglaim. I can't walk. I couldn't I couldn't have possibly gotten it. This is good, right? It's kind of working. The the he's answering through an analogy. He goes, why are you blaming me? By myself, I can't go get it. I can't walk there. Um, uh, but suma yeah, And then the suma answer, well, I can't see, so don't blame me. My sai So so what did he do? He, he solved this problem pretty quickly. He put um, he put the uh, person who couldn't walk on the back of a blind person, and he danotam kechad, and he judged them together. He goes, I know, I know what's going on here. He placed them together and he judged them together. And so that's the same thing. Uh, uh, so, God throws the neshama into the body. And, uh, so God judges the shamaim and the arts together, the body and the soul together. They're both judged together. But if they went in front of a court of three, wouldn't they all have got, both gotten off? Re- regardless of whether they're lying Cause they, or not. Because they didn't do the full. Because one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but they, yeah, in the Shemaim there's a... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's right, interesting, the whole discussion. No, I, I'm not arguing that part. I'm just saying that I think the analogy was... Not, not completely accurate. Yeah. yeah. I hear that. But the idea that there is some sort of culpability yeah. to both, because they were both involved in the act. Um, I just think it's interesting. Like, the soul is is culpable for sinning. And it's, like, an interesting concept. You all usually think that the body or the yetzer is responsible for making the individual sin. But here the soul plays a part... And it and gets punished. Well, you think the soul is something completely pure. So it's like it's well, our traditions, the soul does get punished, right? Yeah. It's the soul yeah, it's, that gets punished. Yeah. It's not the goof. I guess. Yeah. Or some people say the soul is is cleansed of its physicality because the soul is completely pure in itself. So it's, it's an interesting approach to understanding the soul here. I don't know. Okay. So here, that's well, something no, to think about. If you think of a Gilgal, you're a Gilgal guy. Yeah. It's the soul that goes back to be punished again. Right? That, that's, about, that's a good model, right? yeah. But uh, that's a good model. The model, model I'm thinking about is that Elohai Neshemashtat to be Torah. The soul you gave me is pure. It's completely, people talk about that. So it's completely pure. How are you? How is it culpable sin? I don't know. It's a, maybe, maybe it's a different model, understanding of, right. how, of the soul. So here's, a, here's another one from Antoninus Larebi. So here's a question. He goes, why does the... So now we're not talking... He's just... Now we're already springing discussions. Not necessarily about... <laughs> Uh, so why does the sun rise in the east and set in the west? 
So he goes, if it was the opposite, you would ask me the same thing. If it raised, if it if it rose in the west and, and set in the east, you would ask me the same thing. Because you would have said the same thing. It reminds me of uh, Maimonides and Marinovuchim when he says, you know, why are you saying you're asking questions about why are there seven korbanot for the for this for this sacrifice? You would, if there were eight, you would ask why are there eight. And Rambam says we don't know all the specific details. We have the general understanding of the Tami. So he's saying kind of similar to that. Why are you asking me? Um, you would ask me this. You ask me something else. Um, so he goes, no, this is what he really meant. Why does it dafka? Why does it dafka? Uh, why does the dafka set in the west? So the answer is because God's shechina is in the west. So the sun, when it goes from the east to the west, this is your whatever, uh, it goes from the east to the west. It before it go, before it sets, it bows to God. So it says bows to God in the west. So uh, maybe there's something deeper here, but I don't know it. <laughs> um, so so I've, I've played with this. Why is God? I've tried to figure it out. Is it because Eretz Yisrael is uh, west in the of west. Bavel? Yeah. Because, I mean, North, if you... East, west. So, I mean, the, the Aron and the Mishkan is in the west. So, the, right. that's so something. The, and then the western wall, the Shekhin is always there. There's something about the I west. I mean, Yisod is really... Uh, about the Sphira. Yeah, yeah I can't... it's really west, so it's not... I tried to make it Malkut, but it's not. Isn't Yisod yeah. down? Isn't Yisod... Now, yeah, now. that's a that's a huge yeah. that's a huge discussion. I don't know if we can get into it, but I'll have to think about it. If okay. I think about that, I'll have an answer. I'll, I'll okay. get back to you on that. But um, th- there's a concept of, of the Mishkan. The Mishkan it's built north is uh, north in the west is the yes. is the uh, is the Aron and the Kodesh Kodeshim. So the Shechina is in the west at least. So um, okay, so so. So Kreditan Shalom Lakonesh and Emar Tsvashman the Hamishtahavim, Amalavitati Al Palga de Rakir, Vitan Shalma Vitao. So so it can why does it have to go all the way down to the west? It could just get to the middle of the sky and then bow from there. Why does it have to set? So uh Mishun Pauli Mishino of Vrajrahim. Because if that was the case, people would never know exactly when it was gonna get dark. So if it was it was completely bright, all of a sudden uh, it, it, the sun bowed and I guess it, it vanished. So people would not be ready for that. And they wouldn't have clocks, I guess. I don't know, but they wouldn't be ready for that. Uh, but now that there's a gradual setting, it's easier for people who are working to you be know, able to... This is, this is consistent with the idea of the, the chesed that God did with us to uh, allow us to grow old, right? I so mean, you have time to reflect. And well, no, there was a... I think there... I forget where I learned this. I want a lot of time. But there was a, there was a, there was a time when, when after, after we were banished from Eden, that, that people simply, I think, if sneezed and died. Yeah, I remember. Right? Yeah. And then they, they never actually aged. And then God gave us chesed that we would age so that you would know your days yeah. are, are approaching the end and you can yeah. prepare yeah. your family and yeah. yourself for that. And, yeah. so, and so in a way this is, this is consistent with this, the idea that there's a certain chesed yeah. to let us know yeah. where we are. In the, I like that. My, my, my only question on the is after a while people get used to the setting of the sun at the in the middle of the sky, and that would also become right. a schedule. I don't know, but but the, the idea of having a gradual setting that's connected to that. Well, because then the days, maybe it's because the days and the nights would still have relatively an equal amount of time, so the <coughs> so the rising would be slower. In that case, we wouldn't know. It would look like it was in the same place for maybe even an hour or that's two. Really so we wouldn't know. Is it setting? Is it setting? That's is it really setting? Good. I we like wouldn't that. be able to tell. Which hour of the day is it? That's really good. Shakah. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so here's a uh, okay. So here's so here's a really interesting question. Okay, there's discussion in uh, laws of uh, like abortion. When Ramban and the Rishonim discuss when is a, a is a fetus considered a, a soul? When does it have a soul? And, days. Yeah. So before forty days, after forty days. Um, when, when do we consider a soul? And there's enough. There's ramifications for for when you can abort a baby or a fetus. So here's the discussion goes even further back. It goes back from uh, to conception. So it says here, um, When is the neshama given to the individual? Mishap kida, mishat yitzira. So Rashi says, mishap um, kida. Where is it? Um, there's two explanations to this, but it was a pkida. Mishashim shamalach pokera tipa mivialif nemakom. Another one is that um, one is that like so. Uh, let's go with another explanation. That is it from the moment that the uh, the sperm fertilizes the egg, a moment of conception, or is it from the time that the 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 body of the baby starts forming? When does the when is the when is this considered? Uh, a neshama. When is the neshama given, or when is it? Def- when does the neshama appear in that that being? <coughs> so it's a real discussion. Uh, halacha uh, in the first forty days, the baby is considered in, in the gemara like water or something. Maya ba'alma. But here, it seems like the discussion is whether from conception or from, from when it starts forming, which could be around the forty days. So either answer, you're going to get. Uh, so we're going to say. Um, so, Amadi Mishat Yitzira, from when it starts forming, so when it starts at uh, the time of formation, which could be around the 40 days. Amadi Avsharchat, so, so um, Antoninus answers him. Okay, so that, that's the halacha, really, around 40 days. But he answers him, and it seems like he's going he's gonna to accept his answer. Rebbe's going to accept Antoninus' answer here. It's interesting, he's going to, a few times he's going to accept his answer. So, Amadi Avsharchat, here's his argument. Yevachat Tichasho Basar, a piece of meat, omedet Shoshami below Melach. Veinamasrachat. I mean, you have a piece of meat. If it sits around for a while, it'll be. It starts to smell. It starts. Uh, starts to spoil. So, um, it has to have some sort of life in it, for it. Uh, for the fetus has some. Have to have some sort of neshama in it for it to not spoil, for it to not become something. Uh, I don't know. Um, for it to stay alive and to maintain its vitality. And so he accepted that argument. Marbi uh, Davarza. Uh, so is a, there's a connection between kida, the time of conception, and ruchi. So that's the answer. So the neshama starts already from that that point, which is kind of crazy. Think about it. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's worth thinking about. I don't know. It's not the it's not the halacha. It's not accepted the halacha in terms of abortions and discussions in that in that vein. But um, okay. So that's that's one more. Now we're going. This is the now that was like our so first part we discussed philosophically, and then we had those whole discussions, those three parts with the Gavia Bemsisa. Now we had these discussions with Antoninus. Now we're going to have um, just some random like discussions on um, discussions on death and and dying. So mostly by Amoraim. So uh, Reish Laki says he brings a contradiction. Ktiv. I don't know if I'm reading that correctly. I think it is. Um, 
Lashon ilem kinif kuuba mi bar maim and echalim barava. So there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a um, contradiction. On one hand, it's going to say um, that there's going yeah pisach lechon lashon ilem kinif kuuba. So on one hand, it says they're going to be when they're going to arise, they're going to be they're still going to arise with their uh, deficiencies. On the other hand, it says they're going to arise. In their in their uh, healed form, I'm trying to f- I forget which pasuk refers to which, um, but iver pisach haravi let it yachdav they're going to arise in tchadami team oh so I think the second one is talking about that they're going to be healed and so th- there's a discrepancy here and he answers what's the answer so so here's your here's the answer to the question um, on one hand it says they're going to ra- arise healed and the hand says they're going to arise with the deficiencies the answer is they're going to rise with their deficiencies, and then they're going to be healed. So if somebody uh, maybe was in a maybe a car accident or something, maybe they'll arise um, in their in that in that manner, and then there'll be something miraculous. So we'll Here heal it says Yirmiyahu says they'll come already pre-fixed. Yeah. Yes. That's Yishia the is Ishaya. Yeah. Yeah. Will come broken bone. Yeah. With, with the first verse is Yishaya or the second one? First one's Yermia. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Um, okay. So, so here's another Amora. Ula. Right? So you bring another uh, contradiction. It says, Bilam um, Shem It says, so, so uh, death is going to be completely eradicated. So, so, so it's like really interesting question. Like, how are people going to rise? Here's another question. How long is, it gonna, how long is life going to be in those future days of Tchianam 18? There's a whole question, what's Tzachat team? Is it the same thing as Olam Abba? Is it the same thing as Yomar Mashiach? That's like not for our class, but here we're just talking in general about what, what the future days are. So the future days, how long is this going to last? So one, one Pasuk says, Bilam Abad Lanetzach. It's all going to, no more death. That's it. It's going to last forever. Lanetzach. But another Pasuk says, Kianar Shana Yamut. Lo Yem Isham O Yamim. So they're going to live many days. But it, it talks about a certain time period, Maya. So, it, it, so one hand it says forever, sometimes another another hand it says not forever. Lo kasha, kambi Israel, kambo dekachovim. So that's the answer. They're both right. Elevelo, Israel will live forever. The nations will live for a long time, but not forever. So, that, so they can still say negative, but you can say it's positive. At least they're giving the nations a, a place in the world to come. Well, not so not so quick, not so quickly, because they're going to say, well, what are they doing there? And the nations in the world to come. So he goes, my what, what are they even doing there? So what's the answer? What are they doing? Why are, why are the nations arising with Tchadam Etim? Um, it's obviously isn't talking about Uchasideh um, Omot Ha'olam. They do have Tchia. Um, but it's talking, so it's what's the answer? So the answer is that they're going to, the, these nations that are going to rise for a certain amount of time, specific amount of time, I think that's how you read it. Um, these individuals are going to help, help Am Yisrael, kind of be Am Yisrael's, they're going, to plant, they're going to work in our fields, work for Am Yisrael's fields. That's, that's their place in the Tchadami team. But this isn't talking about Hasidei Omot Olam. Yeah, so... That's uh, that's another little point there, and here's um, how are we doing? Time? We have like three minutes, so we'll try to get another two here. Um, yeah. So Rav Chiz the Ramik Tiv, 
So here's another uh, paradox. Here's another contradiction. It says that the Levana is going to be confounded. The, sun, the moon is going to be confounded. And it's talk, again, it's talking about what... It's now we're talking about what, what the energy is going to be like in the future. How much light is there going to be? So one approach says that the Levana, the moon, is going to be confounded and the sun is going to be embarrassed by the amount of light of God. And, but another pasuk says, and another pasuk says, the moon and the sun are going to be are going to be so shining so bright. So on one hand, we say that God's going to overshine, outshine them, the sun and the moon. It's going to be so so bright. On the other hand, we say that the moon and the sun are going to be very bright at that time. So how does that? How do these work together? Do the do the moon and the sun have a? Uh, do they have some sort of? A, uh, uh, autonomous reality or not at that period. Um, so, lo kasha kan the imanu mashiach kan lo ba. And imanu mashiach, they'll be they'll be uh, they'll be bright, but afterwards they'll be confounded by God's brightness. Um, so they go. That works for the person who says those are those are completely two different periods. But for Shmuel, it says ein ben olam hazeh imanu shmiach el shibu machiyot. Those are the, they're the same, basically the same thing. Olam imanu mashiach olam ba. So. Uh, how do you answer this? Lo kasha. So in the future, there's going to be a place for tzadikim, and there, um, there, there, the sun and the moon will shine. Well, the Amisol will be able to shine at a, but a later in this machanes shchinas, even higher level of spirituality. There, the, uh, God's light will outshine everybody else. So, so, yeah. So we got we got kind of far, I guess. Let's uh, make make up that next class because I think we're starting to dive in now. So, shukriya.